This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 136, submission number 953. Lil Bush. Phrasing. Little Bush aired. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Little Bush phrasing. I'm... Okay, I'm sorry. It's staying in, by the way. Oh, oh yeah, 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 that, that that's got to stay in. Okay. Anyway, Little Bush aired on Comedy Central from June 13th of 2007 to May 15th, 2008, for two seasons spanning 17 episodes, oh. one of which has yet to air. Yet to air? I don't think it's airing, my friend. No, it's not airing, but... No. Yeah. Anyway, play the theme music. God. Tonight's episode. The one where we made an extra episode in case little Chinese heart exploded. Hey, remember when Muppet Babies hit and all of a sudden everybody had to uh, have a piece of the baby making action? Not that baby making action! Oh. What is it with you and phrasing tonight? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, you had the Disney Babies, you had the Looney Tunes Nursery Babies. Oh, I love the Looney Tunes Nursery Babies. Baby Looney Tunes. That's what I was trying to say. Well, yeah. Well, yeah you all, uh, didn't you have like a Baby Tom and Jerry 2 at one point? Yeah, yeah. The Tom and Jerry Kids. Uh huh. The Little Archies, which I imagine we'll talk about somewhere down the line. We'll probably talk about the Fr- Flintstone Kids too. Yeah, that too. Oh, we're going to talk about the Flintstone Kids. Yes. But yeah, it seemed like. Everybody was trying to make a mint off of the whole let's take a popular character and miniaturize him for the kids. Of course, uh, this show came about 20 years too late for that, but nevertheless, it was created. It was the brainchild of Simpsons writer Donnick Carey. You gotta start writing on David Letterman. And then came up to be, are you ready for this, Greg? Yeah. The guy in the bear suit. Oh. And from the guy in the bear suit, he went to The Simpsons, where he wrote for four seasons and was co-executive producer for four seasons. Then he worked on stuff like Just Shoot Me, Parks and Recreation, New Girl, and it, it afforded him the clout, I guess. The clout. Clout would be a good word. Mm-hmm. To create Lil Bush, which is sort of an animated series. It's one of the first animated series made exclusively for a mobile device or a mobile service. Oh, yeah, because mobile devices, those were starting to become big things in the mid to late 2000s. Yep. In 2004, it was uh, uploaded to the Amped mobile servers. Oh, Amped. That's something I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, I don't even remember Amped. Mike, do you remember Amped? You you got me. I, I, 
I, I have nothing to add. That's going to be in our Patreon exclusive series. It was a thing on your phone. Oh, yeah. First episode will definitely be about the Nokia N-Gage. Oh! And within the first five episodes, we'll cover Quibi. What we didn't cover on this show. But anyhow. Hey, don't take Rachel Brosnan's golden arm. Like, why, why is that sex doll talking? Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that show. <laughs> that show. Anyway, three years after it was uploaded to Amped, Comedy Central watched, I guess somebody at Comedy Central watched it and decided to pick it up. And it became the first mobile slash web series to move from cell phones to television. And to handle the output, Carrie outsourced the animation to Sugar Shack Animation in Los Angeles, Miami, and Sofia, Bulgaria. Why Bulgaria? Bulgaria? Well, I'm sure it's it's probably because of cheap labor, I would assume, is part of it. They probably don't know who George W. Bush is in Bulgaria. Nope. It just said, I'm just going to keep my head down. Keep animating this cartoon. Donnick Carey is not going to fire me today. Yeah, that, that's probably about it. What, what are you going to do in Bulgaria if you get fired from uh, animating American cartoon? You're going to go back to uh, whatever. I, I know that Bulgaria is not like some third world country, but you would think that uh, uh, this type of job would be sort of prestigious or tough to come by in Bulgaria. Maybe. You don't hear many animations being done in Bulgaria. Korea? Absolutely. Japan? Absolutely. Bulgaria? Well, not really on my radar. I imagine it would be one of the first cartoons to come from an Eastern Bloc country since that run of Tom and Jerry cartoons that were animated overseas. You know the one, right? Yeah, you know what else I was thinking of? And and this is a flashback to 40 years ago or so. Do you, I can't remember the name of the character. It was a cartoon that aired on, I think, the Great Space Coaster. With the, it's just like one line. And, La Linea? And was it the I Italian I don't, thing? I don't remember the name of it, but uh, I, I know that was made in Europe. And for some reason, I, I, now that you say it, I think it was Italy. But originally I thought it was maybe like Poland or something like that. So we talked about how everything was animated, well, almost everything was animated in Bulgaria. But what was the show about? It was about George W. Bush as a kid. Yep, that's it. Good night. Well, was it necessarily about him as a kid or just, I mean, everybody else around him was a kid as well. People older than him, younger than him. Yeah. So it was almost like being in like an alternate dimension of sorts. It's it was al- an alternate dimension. Yeah, it's where- an alternate dimension where he, where like his dad is still president, but everyone around him in his administration are kids. Yeah. And his political opponents too, not just, not just his colleagues. No. Everybody's little. Yep, everybody's little. We got little Bush, little Jeb, little Cheney, little Condi, little Rummy. Well, you know what? And and of course, because we're all about equal time here, the little Democrats. 
Let's go over all the littles right now, shall we? Not the littles from Deke, but the other littles. Yeah, the littles. Oh, from Deke, I like we, the littles from hey, Deke. Oh. I love the I love the littles from Deke, and that's one reason why we're not going to talk about it on this podcast. We're never going to talk about the littles. The, the, we yeah, are over my dead the- body, and I, I say that very loosely, given hey. what I've been through the last four months. Hey, we'll talk about the Super Mario Brothers Super Show from Deke, though. Oh, that's coming Next very month. soon. Next month. Yeah. You can set your calendar by it. No, literally, you can set your calendar by it. Yeah, if if you know what day we're talking about. Wink, wink, wink. 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 <laughs> All right. You, you see what you see what look I'm giving. Anywho, let's talk about all of your lils here. Okay. Obviously, we have Lil Bush, the leader of the gang, who often makes choices without thinking about the consequences and is seldom corrected by his friends. My God, that sounds familiar. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Voiced by Chris Parson, who is known for uh, what is he known for? He has a very extensive voiceover background. Uh, he appeared at the Fifth Element Special Edition, The Pursuit of Happiness, the series Nashville, the series Fabulous Life, Really Rich Real Estate, Really Rich Real Estate. And he was also uh, voices on, in video games like Red Faction, Gorilla, Infamous 2, Mafia 3, Grand Theft Auto 5, Skylanders, Spyro's Adventure, Prototype 2, and Overwatch, Final Fantasy 15, Final Fantasy 15 Comrades, Final Fantasy 15 Episode Gladiolus, Final Fantasy 15 Monster of the Deep, <laughs> and Final Fantasy 15 Episode Ignis. When you were saying all the different Final Fantasy 15s, I was hoping it would be like the scene in Forrest Gump where Bubba tells Forrest Gump about all the different kinds of shrimp. Shrimp. <laughs> all shrimp. Fried shrimp. Barbecue shrimp. Shrimp burgers. Shrimp cocktail. Except it's all Final Fantasy 15 versions. Yeah. So needless to say, he has a very diverse resume. Yeah. <laughs> And almost as diverse as the person he's voicing, because like the real George W., Lil' Bush enjoys giving people various nicknames. He has a crush on the new girl at school, Lil' Laura. What a shock! What a shock! He refers to her as Chubby Nerd. Oh, jeez! What? I don't picture Laura Bush as being a nerd. No. Or, no. or or terribly chubby. No. No, she's like it's like she's not she's not chubby. I mean, we talked about this on That's My Bush. Yeah. She's quite lovely. Yeah. Anyway, everybody calls him Lil George. Never mind that the show is called Lil Bush. And one of the running jokes is his friend Lil Condi doesn't I mean, he doesn't seem to understand that Lil Condi is uh, a female. What? He's just like he's one of the guys. I don't know. His okay. His his father, Lil George's father, George Senior, played by Dave B. Mitchell, is the irascible commander in chief who is a somewhat straight man to Lil George. He is extremely weak. And he loves saltine crackers. 
And he and Barbara are swingers, and although he loves his wife, he has a specific time scheduled at work for, I'm sorry I have to say this, old people sex with his secretary. And of course, because this is about, not to get political here, but his morals seem to be completely based on voter opinions. And he seems to have an allergy for Asian people. In, as revealed in one of the episodes. Okay, hold on a second. I've got a theory on that. Go ahead. Okay, do you remember, this goes back about 30 years now. If, if you, Do you remember the whole uh, incident where oh, George Sr. didn't eat, uh, want to eat broccoli? Yes! That, that I believe, was with, like, the Japanese ambassador or, or, or some no, powerful people. No, no, people no, when he J- vomited, remember? Oh, the vomit. I'm sorry. The vomit. Yes, yes. Dude. But but still, the, the, the point stands. Oh, Maybe it wasn't broccoli, but the vomit. Yes, 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 yes. Well, he famously eats broccoli. Yeah. Okay. But again, Dave B. Mitchell, his work is extensive. Just to some of the big points here. Wings Club, Doc McStuffins, WWE Slam City, Batman Unlimited, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Berserk, the Golden Age, Arc 1, and the laptop narrator in that one episode of Girl Meets World. And he's got a diverse video game resume as well. Yep, just the big ones here. Ratchet and Clank Future, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, Spider-Man Edge of Time, The Amazing Spider-Man, Grand Theft Auto 5, Ratchet and Clank Into the Nexus, and, uh, Fallout 4, Far Cry 4, Halo Wars 2, Final Fantasy 15, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, Mortal Kombat 11, Team Sonic Racing, and Mafia Definitive Edition. Yeah, he also did uh, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo, and he was Knuckles the Echidna. Yes. So so a, a recognizable character. Yeah, if you like, if you're a fan of the the Sonic video games, like, like I think all three of us are. Yeah. By the way, Sonic the Hedgehog two coming next year. Yep. There's a Tails I see. Ooh. Okay. Now, Barbara Bush is voiced by Mara Carey, who, if I'm not mistaken, is Donna Carey's mother. She is the... Oh, God, I can't believe I'm about to say... I can't believe I'm about to say half the things I say on this episode here, okay? She's the sexually frustrated wife of the president, so much so that she once resorts to having a tryst with Lil Cheney. She also admitted to having an affair with Michael Dukakis, and she was confused with a polar bear in Gay Friends. Barbara Bush was a Frankenstein of presidential parts added with the woman parts that he brought to life, giving her the head of George Washington. That, what? Wait, what did you say about... A Frankenstein of presidential parts... No, before that, before that. She was confused with a polar bear. Before that. She admitted to having an affair with Michael Dukakis. Good night, everybody. (laughs) And Greg is dead. 
I can't believe you actually said all that and you actually went to college and are possessing a college degree. I went to university. I'm a, I'm a respected scientist. I'm talking about an animated version of Barbara Bush who has an affair with an animated version of Michael Dukakis. And apparently was confused with the polar bear. And who was confused with the polar bear. This is my life, ladies and gentlemen. The things uh, we do. Yeah. Okay, uh, Dave, Dave Mitchell also voices Jeb Bush, the indestructible but mentally undeveloped brother to Lil George. His family shows a general apathy toward his well-being, which could possibly be because he's able to withstand things that would kill an ordinary person and sometimes benefits from them. In one episode, Jeb withstands a nuclear blast and another climbs onto a missile about to be fired, but appears completely unharmed after the dust clears. When Jeb is hit in the head with a frying pan, he speaks normally, then voiced by Colin Malloy, who is a singer-songwriter and frontman for the band The Decemberists, which are a really good band, and openly criticizes his father's governmental decisions. Jeb is treated like a pet, and he's taken for walks, given blee dips, and eats from a bowl with his name on it, often next to the actual family dog, Bernie. Oh, yeah, he's treated like a second-class citizen on this show. He, he's sort of the Meg of the show. Shut up, Meg. Next up is Lil Cheney, the best friend of Lil George. He growls incoherently rather than speaking, with the occasional interjection of a contextually relevant word or phrase. Like, usually he's like, rah, 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 rah. and contextually it would be like, rah, 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 rah. A massive heart attack. The rest of the characters appear to understand him, much like Kenny on South Park. By the way, Lil Chady is voiced by uh, series creator Donnick Carey. And he's also an expert on foreign languages and acts as a translator. As a testament to his deranged, violent tendencies, he consumes raw, sometimes living, meat and blood matched with foods high in saturated fats. His favorite food is chicken. Cheney snack. And his father appears to be Darth Vader. Yeah, he comes across as, let's say, the ultimate evil character. The ultimate bad guy. Lots of, um, how can I put this? Artistic license. Then we have yeah, his... Uh, artistic license. Next we have Lil Condi, who's obviously supposed to be Condoleezza Rice, voiced by Anne Bellella, in season one, who's known for having done voiceover artists in commercials, and Kari Walgren in season two. And if we were to list all of Kari Walgren's credits, we'd be here forever. Yes. I'll just say... Uh, let's see. Uh, I'll just say... Uh, uh, Samurai Champloo, um, Phineas and Ferb, uh, Rick and Morty, um, Fairly Odd Parents, Final Fantasy VII, Dirge of Cerberus, Kung Fu Panda, Legends of Awesomeness. Like I said, if we were to list all of her credits, we'd be here forever. Right? Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm just looking at some of them right now and. Yeah, she's on the new Animaniacs. 
She does voices on that. And again, just going through her video game list. I mean, there's uh, some games that, you know, you haven't heard of, but then there's Final Fantasy 12 and you've got Ninja Gaiden 2, Spider-Man 3, Prince of Persia, Final Fantasy 13, Final Fantasy 14. Boy, I wonder if she's also in Final Fantasy 15, like everybody else in this show, apparently. Uh, I can tell you right now, yes. Yes, she is. I see it. Highwind. Yeah, I, I see daughter it right there. Daughter of Sid, I believe. The daughter of Sid. Anyway. So, so needless to say, she has, a, again, a very diverse background. Mm-hmm. She is the voice of reason for her friends, though they routinely ignore her advice. And she has a huge crush on little George, so much so that she does his homework for him and even gains an abundance of weight. She also takes piano lessons for her parents' amusement. And in an unrelated episode, she becomes a drug addict on prescription pills, and requires the help of her friends to become clean. Then his other best friend, Lil Rummy, who's supposed to be, obviously, Donald Rumsfeld, who's voiced by the great Iggy Pop. They got got Iggy Pop for this? They got Iggy Pop for this. And if you don't know who Iggy Pop is, what podcast are you even listening to? Well, no, who are you? I mean, it isn't even the podcast. It's Iggy freaking Pop. Anyway, uh, Lil Rubby seems to be only the only remotely intelligent character aside from Lil Conti. He always displays a sadistic side, possibly resulting from the fact that he is abused by his father. According to Comedy Central, he's kept around as a scapegoat, and this is verified when George Sr. says one way to cover up a scandal is to blame it on Lil Rubby. This is the second cartoon series in which Donald Rumsfeld is depicted as a regular or semi-regular character, the first being Future Entry Kid Notorious. And then you have, again, because we're all about equal time, there are the Little Democrats. We have Lil Hillary, voiced by Kerry Walgren, who's the girlfriend of Lil Bill. Not that little Bill. Who works at an abortion clinic after school just for fun. Oh, God. Lil Barack Obama, voiced by Tim Meadows. Oh, well, that's good. Tim Meadows got some work. Yep. He is nuked by Lil George when he's seen sneaking a cigarette outside the White House. He also leads Lil George's friends after Lil Bush abandons them for Lil Tony Blair. He attempts to enlist their help in building a home for humanity for a single mother, but the gang burns it down, assuming that the plan was to commit insurance fraud or turn it into a dungeon and force single mothers to fight to the death or something. And he used the money to buy themselves scooters. He frequently says, yes, we can, to answer questions. Lil Al Gore, voiced by Chris Parson, who's always encouraging others to be eco-friendly, and is shown with an extremely eco-friendly house, many inventions created by himself, including a time machine, and an interconnected series of ropes which he create a net that catches dreams. He calls it the internet. Lil Nancy Pelosi sewed, sewing a flag with rainbow-colored stripes. She's also nuked by Lil George, who is vo- voiced by uh, Donna Carey's half-sister, Martha Carey. Lil John Carey Lil Carrie's voice bores Lil Bush and the gang. He loves ketchup and says that someday he might marry it. 
Because get it, he married Teresa he, Hines Carey. He's married to the Hines heiress. Little John Edwards, who is obsessed with hair in reference to his $400 haircuts. Oh, gee, if only they knew what else John Edwards was doing. Oh, Greg, don't know. Don't say that. No. Guys spoke at my graduation, I'll have you know. Anyway. But, but, but also, at the same point, Greg's not wrong, but no, Greg. Yep. And Tiny Kucinich. Kucinich. Tiny Kucinich. Oh, speaking about tiny people. He wants to fly someday with the doves and sometimes has to be handled like an infant. Man, remember when Dennis Kucinich was a presidential candidate? Uh, I remember when Dennis Kucinich was the mayor of Cleveland and almost bankrupted us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now he's lost his mind. And no, actually, uh, he's running for mayor in in Cleveland again. Uh, Oh, wow. I think it's this year or next year. What? What? He's going to try to mayor again 40 some years later. What is is he going to be running Wasn't on the Putin? Once enough. Is he is he running on the Putin platform? <laughs> okay, and then there's no comment. The, uh, move on, move on. And, and next, and next, you have the assorted. Because in the world of Lil Bush, you're either a Lil Bush, a friend of Lil Bush, a little Deb, or one of the assorted rabble of extras. We have Lil Mark Foley. Who, oh, uh, Bill Mark Foley, huh? Who is fond of texting. Oh, yeah. Lil John Ashcroft, who is shown singing the iconic Let the Eagle Soar to very poor reception. Lil John McCain, who says that's the straight talk at the end of almost every statement. Loves chocolate milk. Disrespects Lil Bush when he's hall monitor. Lil Bush gets his vengeance by stoking fear of hippies in the school and detaining John McCain in the back of a nearby Cuban restaurant as part of his anti-hippie security measures. Lil Remy then removes his brain with an ice cream scoop, after which he is a mindless zombie who does whatever Lil Bush wants. Does this remind you of anything? No. I'm not commenting. No, no, no. (laughs) Lil Carl Rove... Voiced by Kevin Federline. Yes, that Kevin Federline. What? What? Was this little Car- I'm, I'm sorry. I, I never thought I'd hear the phrase Little Carl Rove, voiced by Kevin Federline. Was this in between when he wrestled an invisible man on Monday Night Raw? Y'all want to hear me rap? No. By the way, guys, Kevin Federline actually did wrestle John Cena once. Look, lost. No, I thought he won, didn't he? Oh, I'll go back to the network and look at it. For the record, Kevin Federline did beat John Cena in a no DQ match on an episode of Monday Night Raw, thanks to the help of Johnny Nitro and Umaga. Anyway, what's the most intelligent student at Beltway Elementary? He hates the little Debs more than the Cronies due to their mocking of his rap style. I'm done. That uh, that's what broke me. I'm dead. I'm dead. Rapping Carl Rove. Okay. I he class. lives in seclusion and eats nothing but hot pockets. Oh, jeez. If you require his advice, according to Lil Rummy, he takes over your brain for all eternity, or at least until he retires to spend more time with his kids. Do we have any more little kids? We have well? the goat with... Okay. We Do we have any more? Okay. Here we go. 
The ghosts of the founding fathers revealed to be the Lil Dems trying to scare the gang a la Scooby-Doo. The Lil Fred Thompson, an actor in the drama club. Lil Rudy Giuliani. Oh, talk about another thing that doesn't age well. Yeah, this definitely does not age well. Oh, no. Depicted as a cross-dresser whose nickname is Julie. We'll use the number 911 often and we'll do anything to keep the terrorists from winning today. Yeah, this did not age terribly well. No. Lil Mitt Romney tends to flip-flop and tries to convert people to Mormonism. Lil Tammy Duckworth, depicted as a duck in a wheelchair. Oh, oh come on! No! 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 no. That's horrible! No! That's terrible. She is a war veteran and a hero. And she's an amputee just like me, so no. No, no, no. No. No! No. Lil Joe Lieberman, interested in buying the White House, but is ignored. Oh, I get it, because he's Jewish. Yeah. Lil Mike Huckabee, who also tries to buy the White House, who is friends with Lil Chuck Nor... That's it, I'm out of here. No, Lil Chuck Norris. Lil Catherine Harris went on a double date to the school dance with Lil Cheney, taking Lil Ann Coulter and Lil Rummy with them. No, hey. not, there's a little Ann Coulter. No, no, no. This does not age well at all. Okay, yeah. all right. Are we? Do- how much more do we have? There, the- there's still a little bit more. Are oh. you ready? I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm just going to do one line about them. Lil Ralph Nader and Lil Ron Paul, who tried to buy the White House. Lil Kim Jong-il, who refers to uh, Lil Bush as Kitty, who wants to be a Hollywood filmmaker, even kidnapping Kevin Costner, Lil Tony Blair, an effeminate British boy who's on the same cheerleading squad as Lil George. Barbara Bush, by the way, uses being British as a euphemism for homosexuality. Oh my gosh. Neil Bush, George's hippie, druggy older brother, who he refers as both crazy and bisexual. He's the Bush nobody ever wants to talk about. Lil Dave Grohl, Lil Anthony Kiedis, Lil Flea. Let me guess, uh, the Little Red Hot Chili Peppers made an appearance in an episode. In the Little Foo Fighters. Yep. Lil Lil Wolf Blitzer. Did he lose little $4,800 in Jeopardy? Did he lose the little Andy Richter? Probably. Raul, a Mexican day, day laborer hired by Lil George to do his chores for him. Oh, no. Gotti, who's mistaken by Lil George as a member of ZZ Top. Satan, who welcomes Lil Cheney to hell after his fatal heart attack, but sent him back after Cheney's method of running hell become too extreme for him. No. Little Abdullah of Saudi Arabia, who... Plans Lil 9-11 together with Lil George, apparently. Uh, no! No! Little Mikey Moore. Oh. Lil George's brain, voiced by Fred Schneider, of all people. Wait, that Fred Schneider? That Fred Schneider. Oh, my and Lil gosh. George, Lil George's gut, voiced by Bootsy Collins. Yes. What? That Bootsy Collins. What? 
how are they getting all these good people for these stupid roles? Oh my gosh. Lil Arnold. He keeps he keeps Lil George to cover Fishy and is a returning character. And Lil George's pet fish, Fishy. He calls Fishy Fishy because he's a fish. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. Well, you should also add that little Arnold, who's Arnold Schwarzenegger, in case you forgot, you know, who's a governor at one point, was voiced by D. Bradley Baker. And if you don't know who D. Bradley Baker is, what podcast are you even listening to? Yeah, educate yourself. Where should we start? Google it. I'm not here to educate you. Oh, I'll just say it, uh, the one just to get people started. He's friggin' Olmec. Yeah, he's Klaus on American Dead. No. Oh, Klaus. Yeah. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yep, Klaus on America. <laughs> yeah, Mike, why is that? Anyway. Uh, oh, by the way, okay, we done with the littles? We're okay, done with the littles. I got, I we got, are done okay, with the littles. Okay, good, because good, if there was going to be a little Larry Craig, I'm going to be running. <laughs> what kind of adventures that, are these jokers getting into? Let's find out, shall we? <sighs> Just to let you know that each episode is actually two segments, much like the old days where they had 30-minute shows, two segments each. Cartoon Network still does that. Episode one, Iraq and First Kiss. Lil Bush and the gang go to Iraq to buy the perfect Father's Day gift. And then the gang bets to see who can kiss a girl first. The gang is shown as Guns N' Roses in a musical number. Greg, I agree with you. This is going to be a very painful run. Co- and I'll, I'll tell you right now, guys, that was it for me. I could get through two minutes. I, uh, I'm having regrets even uh, bringing up this uh, show as a uh, submission. Oh, God. This could very well be the worst show we've ever and that's saying a lot. That is that is indeed saying a lot. Episode 2, Nuked and Camp. In Nuked, Lil Bush learns to stand up to a bully named Lil Kim Jong-il by bombing, among other things, his residence. In Camp, Lil Bush and the gang go to summer camp and discover a sleeper cell. The Lil Bush band is shown as the Sex Pistols, and later as Kiss in the episode. You see, like other cartoons of the way back when, you had a musical number, and the gang was a band. See a pup named Scooby-Doo. Episode 3, Gay Friend Mexican. In Gay Friend, Lil Bush meets Lil Tony Blair, and the two become close friends and cheerleaders for the school's football team. While the gang begins to blindly follow Lil Barack Obama in Lil George's place. And in Mexican, under his father's threat of canceling Martin Luther King Day, I'm guessing George Sr. consulted with Woody Johnson. Lil Bush and the gang find an alternate way to complete their chores, with the help of illegal immigrant workers. The gang parodies Wham! and Tony Basil in their musical numbers. Episode 4 Global Warming Hall Monitor. In Global Warming, the gang try to thwart Lil Al's Lil Live Earth concert, featuring the Lil Foo Fighters and Lil Red Hot Chili Peppers, 
to secure the Earth's future as a completely flooded, uninhabitable wasteland that the gang sees as an awesome water park. Oh, and, God. And Hall Monitor, Lil Bush competes with Lil John McCain for the position of Hall Monitor by exploiting the school's fear of hippies. The band ends up parodying Red Hot Chili Peppers, wearing only socks during their performance. In the first short, and in the second short, they parody The Grateful Dead. Episode 5, Evolution, Press Corps Dinner. In Evolution, Lil Cheney goes to hell after perishing of a heart attack, where he proves himself more evil than Satan, and Lil Bush becomes a born-again Christian and denounces Evolution. In Press Corps Dinner, Lil Bush is the headliner at his father's Press Corps Dinner, but he discovers he has a knack for comedy. The Lil Bush band parodies several rap artists, including Eminem and 50 Cent, in an anti-evolution video. Oh, God. Episode 6. Haunted House Hot Dog. In Haunted House, Lil Bush and the gang spend the night up in the haunted White House attic and are visited by the ghosts of the founding fathers, which turn out to be the little Democrats in disguise, except for the real ghosts of George Washington in search for his head. This short parodies the chase scenes and imagery of Scooby-Doo. And in Hot Dog, Lil Bush and the gang meet little Michael Moore, who attempts to expose their torture of the school cafeteria workers in an attempt to bring back the American institution of hot dogs when the school decides to be in favor of a more multicultural menu. Based on the Abu Ghraib torture photos. Oh, Jesus. The hot dog episode also features Jeb with a short lived but greatly improved intelligence as a result of a frying pan blow to his head. This is the episode that was produced but never aired as a backup. And we'll get to it in the lighter notes in a moment, but here's what happened. The episode is called Walter Reed. Lil Bush and his gang put on a concert at the nearby Walter Reed Veterans Hospital, which accidentally brings media attention to the atrocious conditions there. As punishment, he and the gang must raise money for repairs, which eventually spend on themselves. Which features Henry Rollins as a, the voice of an injured veteran that Lobus nicknames Hapsy. No! No! Okay. No. Just absolutely not. What? I mean, no. No. Okay. Now, according to the lighter notes, this storyline was produced but never aired as a backup episode. The network was worried that the story of show number 105, the uh, heart attack episode, with little Dick Cheney dying of a heart attack would be insensitive to air if the real Dick Cheney ever had a heart attack. It appears on the Lil Bush Season 1 DVD along with an introduction from Donnick Carey and writer Opus Moreski. Now we have full, well, we have nine full episodes and one half scene. In season two. St. Patrick's Day. The little gang doesn't want the little devs to ruin St. Patrick's Day with their liberal and tolerant St. Patrick's Day float. So they enlist the help of little Carl Rove, who gives them advice and does some bad rapping as his alter ego, MC Rove. Meanwhile, First Lady Barbara gets a tanning bed and inadvertently cooks her liver. Comedy Central greenlit this, ladies and gentlemen. They greenlit this crap. For a second season, too. Episode 9, Big Pharma. When Beltway Elementary's book fair is taken over by a drug company, it becomes a drug fair, and all the little cronies get hooked on prescription medications. 
for to kick their addiction, they face off against the big pharmaceuticals company's charismatic CEO, voiced by Bill Lesh of the Grateful Dead. Meanwhile, George Sr. attempts to appear more manly for the State of the Union by taking beard growth pills. Unfortunately, the side effects involve a prolonged and prominent boner. Gross. Why couldn't he just do what Beavis Butthead did and put some glue on his face and cut his hair and just glue it on his face? Because that would make too much sense. Now, hold on. We had a situation earlier this week where a woman used Gorilla Glue as hairspray and she had to get surgery. There might be your reason. Perhaps. Don't okay, ever, maybe not. Don't ever, don't ever use Gorilla Glue. Or if you're going to use Gorilla Glue, use it on things that was meant to be used for. Not body parts. Not body parts. Episode 10, Crony Breakup. After a big fight, the little gang break up. Each of them finds comfort in new friends. Lil Mitt Romney, Lil Rudy Giuliani, Lil Fred Thompson, and Tiny Dennis Kucinich. With the new friendships turned disastrous, the little cronies put their differences aside in a heartwarming, vomit-filled reunion. Meanwhile, Jeb Bush inadvertently invents a new diet craze called the Pudding Hole, which involves leading, leaving a hole in your stomach so food can pour out. Oh, God, no. Nope! 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 No! 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 Hell no! Episode 11. Katrina. Oh, God. George Sr. and Barbara punished the little gang for destroying the White House by sending them to New Orleans to help with the rebuilding effort after Hurricane Katrina. Oh, okay. Okay. They end up creating a surprise Mardi Gras float out of a tank that was supposed to be a FEMA trailer and money that was being kept from the residents. Okay, that seems more in character now. Trying to cheer up the residents. They instead crash into one of the levees and flood the city. Meanwhile, George Sr. and Barbara cannot pay off the mortgage for the White House and look to sell it, with many of the low politicians looking to buy it. They eventually pay it off with all the money on the Mardi Gras float. Twelve. Three dates. With the school dance coming up, little George doesn't know whom to take. His brain advises him to be cautious, but George plows ahead and ends up inviting three dates. Once they get to the dance, featuring a good Charlotte cover band, Good Charlotter, who, by the way, is played by Good Charlotte. Oh, wow, I never would have guessed the Good Charlotte cover band is played by Good Charlotte. George has to silence his brain once and for all. George Sr. is dealing with an annoying house guest, King Fahd of Saudi Arabia, who is, by the way, the king of Saudi Arabia during the first Gulf War, who parties like a frat guy and lords his oil over the president. Oh, Jesus. This is a weird timeline, because we have stuff, like, happening in the present day as this show was airing, like Katrina and stuff. Uh-huh. But the grown-up politicians are the politicians from the 80s and early 90s. Yes. Oh, gosh. I, I just saw the, the capsule for the next episode. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, this is progressively getting worse with each successive episode. It's like this it, started, it started bad and has only gotten worse. This is the opposite of WandaVision. <laughs> 
This is the opposite of WandaVision. Where every episode gets better and better. This show keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah. <sighs> Weekend at Sadami's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> it's spring break. And little George of the gang joined George Sr. on a camping trip to Baghdad. Little George tries to impress his father and fix a rack at the same time by digging up Saddam Hussein's body and turning it into a real puppet dictator a la Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, Jesus Christ, no. (sighs) I'm almost afraid to see what the B-plot is. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, Lil Bill Clinton convinces all the Lil Democrats to spring break on South Padre Island. When some of their antics end up on video, Lil Dem's Gone Wild becomes the top-selling DVD. Oh, yeah, because remember, Girls Gone Wild was like the big thing at this time. Lil, yeah, Girls Gone Wild. What was the thing on TV? There, I said it. Next up. Oh. Oh, boy. <sighs> Only a few more episodes, folks. Afghanistan. When Osama bin Laden is diagnosed with a weak heart, he finds the only perfect match for a donor is Lil Cheney. Al-Qaeda kidnaps Lil Cheney, forcing Lil George and the gang to smoke him out of his hole in Afghanistan. Meanwhile, Barbara gets her groove back in Jamaica. Episode 15. Wedding. When Lil Bill Clinton invites Lil George to his rainbow party, Barbara and George realize he's growing up too fast. They decide the best way to preserve George's innocence is at a purity wedding in which he marries Barbara. When Lil George decides his own father's a better match, they're forced to have a gay wedding sending Barbara into the arms of super smooth man about town, Colin Powell. jeez. That's how they're going to treat Colin Powell. Yeah, as a, as a, a super a smooth man about town. Oh my gosh, he's a freaking war hero for heaven's sakes! Yeah. Episode sixteen, Pootie Poot. Oh god. Oh, here comes the Vladimir Putin episode. Yep. When little Vladimir Putin and little George start a schoolyard rivalry, it escalates to little Putin poisoning little George, whose head swells to five times its normal size. After some training from former wrestling champ Barbara Bush, little George faces off against little Putin in a classic playground battle. Meanwhile, little Cheney has been partnered with little Nancy Pelosi and is given a watermelon to care for as their child. But it becomes apparent that their watermelon is a lesbian. Lil Cheney has some hard choices to make. Cause get it? Dick Cheney's daughter is a lesbian. Oh, jeez. No, I I don't even think I can make it through the last one. Uh, This is horrible. Okay, we talked about how the John Edwards stuff doesn't age well, but I will say the Vladimir Putin stuff with him poisoning people, that has aged very well. That ages all too well. This is it. Last one. Anthem slash China. In Anthem, the little gang is up against the little Dems at a battle of the bands for who can write the best new national anthem, featuring a super secret, super surprise awesome musical guest star. 
And in China, the little gang faces off against China, where they must win the Olympics to save America from being recalled by the Chinese. What? Well, I guess the Beijing Olympics were going on at this time. Yes. Well, they were a few months away from happening, the Beijing Olympics. And then it got canceled because, really, how much time are you going to have left with George W. Bush when he's about to leave office? Yeah, it it got canceled because, duh. This only has a short shelf life. You only have two years worth of jokes to make. That was one of the common complaints that was taken from Metacritic. The common complaint is that the show is, comes too late in Bush's presidency to remain topical. Then, of course, there's all the jokes about, well, everything. This is the opposite of That's My Bush. Yeah. That's My Bush and Lil Bush are just basic polar opposites at this point. Because at least with That's My Bush... At least Trey Parker and Matt Stone have a history of making great entertainment. Here, Donut Carey has all of the freedom he had as The Simpsons, but nobody rating him in. Nobody's telling him, you know what? This is a terrible idea. Don't do it. Yeah. You know, TV Guy had the nerve to say the Ropers was the 49th worst show of all time. If they saw this crap, they'd be like, man, we were wrong about the Ropers. Basically. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now, it is available on DVD, obviously. And I'm assuming that once Paramount Plus launches, it'll be available there. Oh, that's actually something I'm very curious about is after Paramount uh, Plus launches, if that might be in the archives, which actually I, I was thinking just that it probably will be in the archives. It, it's it's part of Comedy Central's history? Question mark? All I can say is not everything on Comedy Central is South Park and or the High Court. Well, yeah, I mean... Uh, <laughs> How many bombs has Comedy Central had over the last 20 years or 25 years? Yeah, for, for every daily show, you get uh, uh, the, the David Spade show that was on at 11.30 for a brief while. Yeah, and for every Chappelle show, you get Mind of Ned Holness. Yeah, oh, uh. oh, no, 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 no. You see what I did there? Yes. That's Carlos Mencia's real name. He just wants you to think it's Carlos Mencia when it's actually Ned Holness. Yeah. And oh my gosh, I'm not doing an eBay prices right on this, but I'm just uh, searching for the DVD on eBay. The first season is reasonably priced. You can probably get it for anywhere from probably uh, $7 to $10. But season two, good luck taking a look. The least expensive season two copy that I see uh, that's sold within the last three months or so was $47.50. Are you kidding me? Really? For season two, yes. Seriously? Uh, And actually, the highest price is $70. People paid $70 for this on eBay. 
People paid seven dollars. If you ask me, no, not seven. Seventy. Seventy. With a zero. And now you can do so much more. Yeah. A fool and his money are soon parted. Oh, I think we need to erase this from our memory. That's what we can say about it. Th- yep. This should never be touched again. Let's, I mean, th- this may be, as Greg said, the worst episode we've ever covered. And we've covered the ultra-racist Carter country. And uh, what else could you put in the list? I mean, those are like the, the two big offenders right now. Oh, my gosh. I Yeah, I, I need to to like cleanse myself thoroughly after this. This did not age well in the last 15 years. Can I just say this, Mike? You had the nerve to, to watch five minutes of Manimal and be like, no, I'm not done anymore. You would rather watch Manimal than this. Admit it. I would rather watch actually, Manimal than this. Oh, oh, I, I would watch Manimal over this, yes. I'd watch Manimal all day. Yeah. Simon McCorkendale, baby. And it goes back to Simon and McCork and it really, Yeah, it's about to go all the way back because uh, Lil Bush. God, I wish this wasn't a thing on TV. A Lil Bush, a show that did not age well. Not even remotely. No. But you know what always ages well? What? Our website, it was a thing on TV.com. Oh, yeah. In fact, we're always updating it with uh, new episodes and new entries and new content. Yeah, because you can go back. You can listen to all 135 episodes previous to episode 136, all the live shows, all the mini shows, the two director's cut episodes we have of Saturday Night Live, the 1980-81 season, and of Herb Abrams' UWF. So all that fun stuff you can find on it was a thing on tv.com over 17,000 downloads people. Yep. You can download this. Don't forget like, comment, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to smack the bell. Do you have a bell? Do you have a bell button on that uh thing? Hold Mike? on. Well, I got one. You got to I'm going to ring the bell like Apollo. Okay. Ding ding. Ring the bell for future updates. And remember, we're online anywhere fine podcasts can be streamed. <sighs> we promise that the next episode's going to be a good one, guys. It will be a good one. Yeah. It'll be better than this. Yeah, I mean, we're going we're gonna to talk about sports, and I'm going to throw a millionaire under the bus. Oh, we're definitely going to throw a millionaire under the bus. Because Lord knows it's fashionable these days with GameStop to throw millionaires under the bus. Damn right! So until then, we will see you this Thursday with another thing on TV. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, everybody. Wow! <laughs>